Good afternoon, everybody. On this Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024, I'm Andrew Filipponi. Chris Muller off today. Bad case of explosive diarrhea. So when you get a second today, just send Chris a little note. If you're friends with him and you have his phone number, text him. If you follow him on Twitter, even if you don't, reach out to Chris and just say, hey, Chris, you're probably on the john right now, on the toilet. We're thinking of you. Don't think we have the technology yet to do a remote broadcast where Chris could be uh, in his bathroom and do the show with me for four hours. So we gave him the day off. We didn't want him to bring whatever bug he was dealing with to work today. Smart. You know, more mindful of that now. Uh, whenever people are sick now, they they tend to stay away from work more than they did pre-COVID. So when people talk about sore throats or coughs or runny nose or, in this case, explosive diarrhea, you say, okay, man, get better. So Chris off today. Donnie's still here. Donnie, how are you? I'm great. I do not have explosive diarrhea. No stomach bug on your end. You're fine. Donnie, I think we're damaged, though. I think you and me are damaged souls. I think we're damaged humans, the two of us, birds of a feather. Both badly want the Steelers to win. I moved here in 2010 when the station launched. I have not seen the team, I've not seen this city celebrate a Super Bowl. I was still living in Buffalo when they won Super Bowl 43. I was still in college when they won Super Bowl 40. I was at Syracuse. I was at my dad's apartment. My parents had gotten divorced in Super Bowl 30 when I watched them lose to Dallas, sadly. Three Super Bowl, and then Super Bowl 45, I was here. Our first year on the year, I watched the Steelers lose to Green Bay. So I haven't experienced. I really, really, really want that. I want to see that. I want to experience that. Donnie, I know you've made a lot of friends since the last time the Steelers won their Super Bowl. You want to experience that now with this group of guys, the nasty boys, the dudes you go to uh, Steelers road games with. You haven't had that with these dudes. Yeah, I mean, outside of like the like 20-man group, let's say, that went to Indianapolis last month, there's two guys out of that 20 that I was friends with the last time the Steelers won it all. And you think it would be special now to have that moment with them. You'd probably all get together and watch the game at a big Super Bowl party, and if they won the game, you'd have that memory for the rest of your life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And plus, Sarah's a huge Steelers fan. You'd be able to celebrate and share that with her, too. So, but we're damaged. We're damaged people. And here's what I mean by that. This clip I just played from Peter King on Cliff Kingsbury. He says the Steelers are going to talk to Cliff Kingsbury. My initial reaction when I heard that was, this is good. This is progress. The Steelers are moving in the right direction. And you know why that is? Because I'm so damaged from the Matt Canada experience. Everything looks better. Everyone looks more attractive. In this case, if Malsey were here, he'd say, actually, Cliff Kingsbury, a very good-looking guy, the same way he always does with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Everybody looks better than Matt Canada. So anytime the Steelers get connected to a candidate for this job, that person's resume is going to blow Matt Canada out of the water. And we've done some of these exercises. 
well, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of this former head coach? What do you think of this passing game coordinator? What do you think of this guy who's a quarterback's coach? And I think I always come back to, I like it. I'm interested because I'm so damaged by the last guy. I've set the bar so low, my expectations for the Steelers' offense, it got so awful that when I hear a name like Cliff Kingsbury thrown out there, I'm driving, I had dropped Stella off at my mother-in-law's, I'm making the sojourn here into work, I hear that from one of the most respected football writers in America, and I go, woo, like this is good. Another outside the box. He's not from Pittsburgh. His dad didn't work for the Steelers. He's not Matt Canada. Donnie, do you agree with me on that? Like, is that not, do you have a similar reaction to almost every candidate that gets connected to this job? 1,000%. Yes. It it doesn't really matter what the name is either. Unless that name is Matt Canada or Randy Feekner, I think the damage goes back even beyond Matt Canada's tenure because let's be honest the only reason the Feekner offense ever looked good was ben. thanks to the quarterback and uh for a moment in time Antonio Brown uh because I think they overcrossed by a year <laughs> but yeah like any name you put out there it's hard to say like nope keep me away from him because I don't know how it could possibly be worse than what the Steelers just endured during the last two guys. And that really should not be our barometer or our standard when discussing or analyzing these people. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is very good at his job. I don't think he's qualified really at all to be the Steelers' offensive coordinator, even though he was a head coach in this league. Peter King said in that clip we played, Patrick Mahomes loved Cliff Kingsbury. Donnie, where would you rank Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes among quarterbacks in NFL history? Third. Third. Behind just I'm now I'm Brady and Montana. Brady, Brady and Montana. Cliff Kingsbury record at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes. 35 and 40. He had the greatest quarterback since Brady. 35 and 40. With the Cardinals, he was their head coach for four years. He ran their offense. They did something that almost never happens. They dumped a quarterback after year one, Josh Rosen, to draft Kyler Murray with the first pick because Cliff Kingsbury was so convinced that Murray was going to be a generational quarterback. He said at Texas Tech, this guy, if I were in the NFL, I would take him with the first pick. And then lo and behold, he he got hired by the team with the first pick. So a hand-picked quarterback gave up on another first-round quarterback to make that relationship happen. Four years offensive ranks for Cliff Kingsbury with the number one pick, Kyler Murray. 16th, 12th, 11th, 21st. Never better than 11th. Always really in the middle. And it wasn't just Murray. They had DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and Christian Kirk. I mean, there were weapons there. You'd think a guy that came from a Mike Leach offense, an air raid, would be able to make the number one pick, 
a great athlete who was also a top 10 pick in the baseball draft work with those receivers? Uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, we like him, used to be a Steelers beat reporter. He did a long story on why it didn't work for Kingsbury in Arizona at the end of last year. Anonymous sources quoted saying things like this. Does this sound familiar? Their offense was, quote, very predictable. You mean like when other teams would call out our offensive plays before the ball was snapped last year? There was big-time tension between Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Source on the relationship told ESPN, quote, it's not good. They had to put a homework clause in the guy's contract, and they had to take it out of it. All I'm saying is we need to set our sights higher than this. And that I've got to, like, retrain myself when I hear about some of these offensive coordinator candidates. I need to not just compare them to Matt Canada. I need to look at them and think on their own, on their own merits, their own standing. Are they someone that is going to make the Steelers much better? Think about the job that they're walking into. Question mark at quarterback and a head coach who wants to get involved and interfere with the offense. It's going to take a headstrong individual. It's going to take a super smart individual to get the Steelers offense rolling. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is that guy. So what I'd like to do here is I'd like to take your calls on this to start the show at 412-928-9370. The Steelers, according to Peter King, are going to talk with Cliff Kingsbury. We've got two guys that have been linked to the job now, Zach Robinson and Cliff Kingsbury. Do either one of those guys do anything for you? 412-928-9370. Who do you want the Steelers to hire to be their next offensive coordinator at 412-928-9370? I am all ears. I told you I'm damaged. Most ideas sound like good ideas to me right now because of where we're coming from. It's like when you get out of a bad relationship. Don, you ever feel damaged coming out of a relationship? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I it took me a year to get to get over one. I would say an entire year. How about that? Like a, I had to have interventions and counseling and stuff. It was that damaging to me. Well, I feel bad for you there. I well, mean, that's I, a long time ago I now. I really relate to that, but yeah, <laughs> I mean you you've landed on your feet and okay. some. I'm doing okay, yeah. Times change. But I fully admit I'm confessing, I'm being transparent with you guys. When it comes to the Steelers' offense and who they should hire as coordinator, I am very damaged because of who we just dealt with, Matt Canada. And just about every coach looks better than him on the surface. This latest idea, Cliff Kingsbury, when I really study it and think about it, does next to nothing for me. Because I think the guy's a fraud. Peter King on Cook and Joe said today, Cliff, Kingbar- Cliff Kingsbury is going to talk to the Steelers. We know for sure, uh, if you trust the reporting of Albert Breer, that Zach Robinson is going to interview with the Steelers for their OC job. So some names are emerging. How we feel about the early stages of this search. The guys you want the Steelers to talk to. The type of coaches you want them to talk to. 412-928-9370. Again, uh, if you can find it, express some empathy to Mulsey. He's off today. Not just dealing with diarrhea, 
dubbed explosive diarrhea. So if you want to text him or tweet him and say, hey, Chris, feel better, man. Hope to see you back in there tomorrow. By all means, maybe this is a 24-hour bug kind of deal. That's what we're hoping for. We miss Mulsey. 412-928-9370. Let's start with uh, Mark in Apollo. Hello, Mark. Hey, how you doing? I I just want to say, I, I reach out to Malsey, man, get better. But yeah, uh, I, I was listening, to, I was listening to you earlier, and I and I feel bad because I got to grow up and watch the '70s and, and on. So I've got to experience the good times real quick. And I would say this: I wouldn't do it now, but back in those days, we could walk into any bar in any other city with our Steeler jersey or whatever, and we people would ask, "We're just going to kick your ass." Now, I'm a retired high school basketball coach in the Whitfield and Waynesboro College, and one of the things my Congratulations coach on all your success. Do you believe the story that Chris Muller hit nine threes in a game at Penn State, nine straight? Uh, I don't know. He's about, five, he's about 5'10 and bald. Hey, I, let's put it this way. It's about managing people, and that's one thing I hear. You let Mike Munchak go, Mike Tomlin, uh, for whatever reason – I want Eric Behemini. He's hard. He's Who? old school. I didn't hear you. Your Eric phone. Your, your phone cut out for a second. Okay, Eric Behemini, or how you pronounce it. He's old school, and that's the the only problem with today's athletes is when you hear the story coming out of Washington and a couple players went to Rivera and said, "Oh, well, he's too tough." That's what you want, well, Mark. You want tough. You want tough love. You want tough. You want hard coaching. Yes, these guys that came Washington went to Rivera and I heard about that. the Blues. Okay, so I'm going to write you down. Pizza. Mark and Apollo, you are, you're throwing your hat in the ring for what coach again? Eric Behemini. Okay. Behemini. <laughs> I wanted to give him three shots at it. I thought maybe by the second or third one, Donnie, he'd get it right. Did Eric you? sleeping with Behemini, one of Berman's best. <laughs> Eric sleeping with Behemini. <laughs> Is that a complicated enough name where when a guy gets it wrong, you're like, cut him some slack? So I, I think it actually is whenever you look at how it's yeah. how it's spelled. Like, I think it's, like, if you just look at his name, I don't know if you think of B-Enemy right off the bat. At least I don't think I do. Mm-hmm. Um. I said I'm damaged, and all ideas sound like good ideas on the offensive coordinator thing. And Bienemy felt like he needed to leave Andy Reid's nest to get a head coaching job, and he went to Washington, which frankly was not a good place for him to go because Rivera was on the hot seat, and they didn't have a quarterback, and it failed. Rivera got fired. They ended up with the second-worst record in the entire NFL behind only uh, Carolina. So his experience of going off on his own and doing it, not good. But I still think the body of work is appealing enough to me where I would absolutely be interested in him, way more than Cliff Kingsbury. Here is Timothy in Brentwood. Hello, Timothy. Hey, how's it going, man? Are you an Eric Behenemy fan too, Tim? Uh, actually, no. I'm a uh, Bill Belichick fan, I want to say. And Mike Tomlin. i got to give him his credit. He's a hell of a coach. And uh, the record really doesn't lie. He's like, what, 170 wins through 101 losses. But, I mean, I would love to see Belichick come and take this team over. I feel like Tomlin's had – I think he's had 17 years. I think uh, Belichick could do it in one. Give me what you think, man. Thank you, Tim. 
Here is Mark on the fan. Hello, Mark. Hey, what's up, Tony? How are you? Hey, brother. Hey, I, uh, I, the only excitement I have right now, I guess, would be Zach Robinson. I mean, I would pull for anyone from, like, the Shanahan McVeigh that's young. And and the fear is that Tomlin would Kingsbury's not let them in do their 40s. job. Do you consider 40s young in the coaching profession? I do, but I, I agree with you on Kingsbury. I think he's had his his uh, his chances. Going 35 and 40 with Patrick Mahomes is a non-starter for me. How do you that's lose with that deal, guy? <laughs> it's a, it's almost impossible, and that's why. Right. I would take San Francisco's ball boy over Matt Canada. So I guess anybody from my right now, I'd go with Zach Robinson because that's all we got. But anybody from that, do you those feel two, like good Shanahan about? McVay. Do you feel good about the search, or do you feel like they're just getting some of these guys out of the way early that maybe Omar Khan likes, and eventually Tomlin or Rooney are going to fall back on old habits? And hire guys that they're familiar I, with. I I feel like uh, I feel like that's a definite possibility. And if you had one of these guys from day one, again I've said it before, we would know what pick it was. Where would be no guessing? So that's that's my huge issue with it. I mean, ultimately Tomlin let Flores leave. He could have hired somebody for the offense. Uh, he shouldn't have tripled down on Matt Canada. He should have brought... Yeah, I mean, thanks, Mark. And I think that's why we now have a situation where the owner and the general manager are involved, too. The delayed penalty. Oh, this is big for the Penguins. They're just trying to kill as much time off. It went in! Oh, my goodness! I think we just have to have a heightened awareness that we don't have a goalie in the net in that scenario. We've got to try to avoid making plays in that area. If we have a heightened awareness, then we don't fall victim of, you know, a bad bounce or whatever it may be. Hockey Talk is brought to you by the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia. See what they can do for you. Get back to uh, this Cliff Kingsbury story and the Steelers offensive coordinator search in just a minute, but... I can't do the show today, even without Malsey, who is suffering from explosive diarrhea, and not spend at least a couple of minutes on that play last night in the state of the Penguins. Donnie, that was, and I don't know if I, if anyone else said this on social media or on their post-game show or on the air today, but when I saw that play last night, I thought to myself, this is the Penguins equivalent of the Will Craig play. It's in that it's in that ballpark. The Calliope's. It's in that conversation. Can be heard from here to Wickley. Just, yeah, I don't think it's outlandish to say that. Like it's that it's it's on that level of gaff for me. Just an embar and by more way more Latang than Malkin. By the greatest defenseman in team history because Coffee didn't play here long enough. And one of the four best players in team history, combining for that brain-dead play. And and the reaction to that play and the reaction to that loss by the people who know the Penguins best has been very startling and jarring to me. Josh Yoey wrote today, I don't know if they'll recover from that. That loss was his direct quote. Even guys in that locker room, Lars Eller was quoted as saying after the game, that he thinks attitude is a problem. We're more than halfway through the season. We're closing in on the all-star break. 
There's a trade deadline that isn't that far off. And the Penguins have lost four and five, four of five, and they're 12th in the Eastern Conference. The Eric Carlson move hasn't worked. It's like they exhibit the as a team now, at least these last four periods, it's the it's the bad end of the Eric Carlson. It's 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 the bad Carlson. It's the Jekyll and Hyde, Hyde Carlson, where you get kind of the careless, reckless play and you don't have the incredible playmaking that offsets it or outshines it. That move has not worked. And that was their big splash move, and that was a move I was all about. You're trying to uh, jumpstart this franchise again. You're trying to uh, make the one year without a playoff appearance a one-off, an outlier. It makes no sense. They are 21st in scoring, and they are 7th in goals allowed. When When the Carlson thing happened, I thought for certain it would be flipped. They'd be a top 10 scoring team, and they'd be a defensive uh, liability team where their uh, their identity was more tied into freewheeling hockey and playmaking and those kinds of things. And you take the good with the bad. You score a lot of goals. You win a lot of 5-4 hockey games. You also lose a lot of 5-4 hockey games. I thought that was going to be their identity. Instead, they've got one of the worst power plays in the league. And one of the numbers that makes absolutely no sense to me is that shot percentage. So the amount of pucks you put on net for a pretty basic stat. How many do you put on net? How many do you make? They're 27th out of 32 teams. How is that possible? Their star players have been healthy the entire season. Sid's having a throwback vintage year. So they're not in a good spot. I don't know why I have, but I, it makes I'm going to... Say this out loud. I don't know. I don't really have anything to base it on for this current team, for this current configuration of Penguins players. But I do just have this weird feeling that they're going to turn it around. And they do have a history of doing that. I looked it up before the show. The Penguins right now have 48 points. They are 21-17-6. and six. In 2016, when Mike Johnson got fired... And Mike Sullivan was hired to replace him. They had the same number of wins. They were 21-16-7 at this point. They had 49 points. They had one more point than the Penguins have right now when they went on to win the Stanley Cup. The 2009 team, which eventually had to fire Tarion and uh, hire Bilesman. They got Gonchar back from injury. 44 games in, they, they were 21-19-4. They had 46 points, fewer than this team. So that's to say that there's a lot of hockey left, and I think that's why Mike, Sull- Mike Sullivan is saying things like this after games. I'm not discouraged. I, you know, I believe in this group. I, I think we have good players. You know, you know, I, I believe we have what it takes to win consistently. We've got. To, we're disappointed with the last four periods. We we recognize that it's, it's not our best, but I, I don't think discouraged is a word that that should enter our dressing room. You know, I think we've just got to get more determined. Yeah, Sullivan's going to do the stay of the course. Let's not freak out. Let's not panic. He used to have a general manager in Rutherford that, when he was the steady Eddie guy, would do something to upset the apple cart and and and. Make a change for a sake of a change. Kyle Dubas hasn't done anything this season. I think he's still trying to find his way here and figure out what he's got. But it is getting late early for this team, but there is proof. Two Stanley Cup winning teams 
in the Sidney Crosby era had the same number of wins at this point in the season and went on to win the Cup. But what is scary is the people that cover this team on a regular basis are, they're making it sound like it's the apocalypse now and that the sky is falling.